Okay, hello guys and welcome back to Lyra and Friends podcast. Today I am here with a friend of mine and we're going to do something a little bit different. Today is going to be more like of a story time. We understand that moving to one country, from one country to one country, it's very different and it's it's a very unique experience for every person. And this is Ilan's only um, point of view and only experience. And we also understand that coming to Israel as a Jewish immigrant is a very different experience. And we're very privileged to have this opportunity to come to Israel and become citizens as Jewish people coming back to our nation. So I want to welcome, guys, I want to welcome one of my best friends. His name is Ilan Izikovic. He's a tour guide in Israel. And he has been so supportive of me when I moved to New York. And I think that came from his own experiences. He could understand better than anyone else what I was going through. So thank you so much, Ilan, and welcome to this podcast. Hi, Lyra. Thanks for those kind words. Yes, you're right. I I did understand. I know what is to immigrate after the age of 20-something, so... I don't want to say to everyone your age, so <laughs> late 20s, yes. I immigrated at the age of 29 from Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. And yes, it was a unique experience, but I didn't came by myself. Also, my parents immigrated with me. We didn't go to the same city, but Israel as a small country. Since we arrived here, we are quite close. So also friends like Lyra and my parents helped. And it has been such a great 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 opportunity to to live in another country to have a different kind of experience meet new people and also improve myself as a human being right so that's a beautiful sentence <laughs> i don't know if many of my listeners know but i was actually born in brazil and in the age of five my mom and i which is my little tiny family we immigrated to israel and i actually grew up in israel for all of my life and recently moved to New York City about one and a half year ago uh, for a work opportunity. But my experience was very different from Elan's experience. Even though we both came from Brazil, I was also born in Rio de Janeiro. For me, it was not a big of a struggle because uh, first of all, like I assimilated so good. Uh, I learned Hebrew very fast. I was five and a half, you know, little kids I think have it easier for older people, but I saw my mom struggling a lot uh, with the language, with the culture, with everything. So when I met Ilan for the first time, I was so excited. I was like, listen, Ilan, you need an Israeli friend that understands the struggles of being an immigrant and also understands the culture of Brazilian culture, but also the culture of Israeli culture. I love to complain. So I used to complain about Brazil, and now I'm complaining about Israel. So I do feel myself as a real Israeli. But yes, it was, it was quite interesting to see Lyra's point of view about the Brazilian culture, because as she immigrated at the age of five, she thought that she was a real Brazilian, but maybe this is not that true. <laughs> it was the beginning of my, my absorption program when I met Lyra. So yeah, we share a lot of experience and knowledge and stories i think that for us brazilians we're kind of unicorns in israel or at least i was a unicorn when i moved to israel i moved in 98 20 years before me yes it's crazy right so for me it was um 
when I was in Israel, most of the observation centers, which is, we call it Merkaz Klita, and it's basically an observe, like people that come from different countries go through that place, through the center, where you kind of get like housing and some Hebrew classes and a little bit of information. So most of the people that we were together with were either people from the Soviet Union that immigrated to Israel or from the Ethiopian society that came to Israel as well. So we didn't have a lot of Brazilians or Spanish speakers and all that. Uh, but I think, Ilan, that you had more Latin Americans and like Spanish speaking and Brazilian speaking in your observation center, right? Yeah, I made Aliyah with a, with a big wave of Brazilian immigration, not only to Israel, but all over the world due to the situation that they have over there. Uh, so in my Mercaslita, as we explained it before, most of the immigrants were from Brazil for the first time in history. Uh, so it was quite nice to, to share that experience with people from my own country, if, of course, uh, speaking the same language as I didn't know Hebrew when I immigrated and also I improved my English here. So to be uh, with Brazilians around me made everything much easier. But yes, I had several Russian speakers there, uh, also from South America, uh, United States, France. It was a, a multicultural place, but even with everyone with a different background, a lot of them, or at least most of them, were Jews. Because also if you could immigrate with your wife or with your husband, if she or he is not Jewish. Jewish. So uh, most of the, the people... Uh, share this common thing of being Jewish. And at least we, we had something to talk about. We, we knew that we are part of the same family, but born in different parts of the world. So it was uh, the easiest icebreaker ever. We are in a different country. We don't know no one. We don't know the language. So let's find something to make our life easier and let's with friends, so yes. And also outside this Mercaslita, this social center, uh, it wasn't that easy to meet new friends because when you arrive in a country at the age of 29, almost 30, most of the, the people have already their own friends, so they don't want to to start new kind of friendship. They don't have patience. They, they just want to, to, to follow the same life as they are living. And so then to to get inside a, a group of friends and to build your new circle, it's much harder. And uh, Lara for sure helped me to 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 create and also to to be part of her circle of friends. So we share not only us, our native uh, country, our, our our language, but also now we share a lot of friends, and this is really great. So I think uh, I keep saying um, observation uh, center, but the uh, word uh, observe, uh, not observe. The idea of the center is that there's so many different Jewish people from so many different countries that come to Israel, immigrate to Israel. We call this process Aliyah. And it's basically to immigrate to Israel to get citizenship. And it's allowed for Jewish people. And we're very privileged to have that opportunity to come from different countries and to be citizens of Israel. I think actually it's the only place in the world that it's even possible like that. 
for me, I think uh, when we did this more than 20 years ago, we had to actually be in Israel for five years uh, before we actually got a citizenship in as Israelis. But I think, Ilan, they changed it now. Yeah. Now, when I arrived at the airport, they gave my ID number. So I'm not sure how it was 20 years ago, for sure. Something changed, but uh, there I left the airport with an ID number already. As yeah. Israeli, just like Lyra and most of the people who live here. 20 years ago, it was very different from what it is today. First of all, like when my mom and I came to Israel, the information centers for new immigrants were only, I think, in Russian and Amharic because this was the most... Uh, population that were coming into Israel. So my mom didn't really have a good access to information. She, she, my mom knows English pretty well and she knows Spanish and Portuguese. She didn't know any Hebrew. And it was, I remember the struggles that she didn't have a lot of information and she actually, um, she missed a lot of things that she was, uh, by law, she could have got, gotten them, but she didn't know of that. So when I met Ilan, I was like, Ilan, you have so many rights that I want to be your friend so you can have uh, the easiest process of becoming a citizen in Israel because it's already hard enough to like come when you're a little bit older and learn all the language and learn the culture. I mean, yes, we're Jewish, but being Jewish in Israel and being Jewish outside of Israel, I think it's a very different experience. And also being an Israeli is not the same as being Jewish. It's a very challenging process. It's not something that every person can actually go through. Um, and I wanted to be there because I personally experienced the struggles that my mom had. So I'm happy that we met. And I would like to hear from you. I think my first real actual question is, why did you move to Israel? And tell me a little bit about that process of why you decided to make that change and My life in Brazil, it's quite funny because when you you are part of the, the Jewish community abroad, most of the people think that you are rich, you you control the media, <laughs> you <laughs> you are in a, a, a good position. Sometimes this is true, but it wasn't my case. I was living such as, not a, I wasn't poor, but the, the, live, the life in Brazil, it wasn't that easy. Uh, I, as we say in Brazil, I was selling my lunch to buy my dinner. It wasn't that easy. So I put a different at the scale and I realized that uh, to immigrate, maybe it was, a it was the best thing to do. Not only for me, but also for my parents because they were a pensioner and the life in Brazil for a pensioner is also quite hard. Not only due to the economy, but also the, the, the security thing and most of the Now, with Corona, if you open the news, you're going to see that more soon you're going to reach uh, half a million people that passed away to this disease. So we know that the life in Brazil is not that easy like in America or in Israel or in Europe. So I realized that I was reaching the certain age that I, I wouldn't be able to change my life. So I spoke with my parents. I told them this and they agreed with me and they realized that they also should meet Aliyah with me. Also, being Jews abroad, you being a Jew abroad, you you grew up with this Zionist thing and you know that Israel is your homeland and you know that Israel is the country that will accept you. I also have a Polish citizenship, but to move to Europe with this citizenship wouldn't be that nice. First of all, 
because my grandmother, who was Polish and gave me this citizenship, didn't like the Polish. The Second World War and how her issues being Jewish, Jewish there, she didn't want me or my, or my father to move to Europe and be able maybe to, to live this life as, in a, as, as it was during and also before the Holocaust. So Europe wasn't an option. So then I realized that uh, Israel would be the best place and I was right. Uh, it wasn't easy. Uh, as an immigrant, I know that my life as an immigrant here is not the same as uh, most of the immigrants who are listening to my, our podcast, our conversation, because as Lara explained, the government gave me a lot of benefits and also my ID I got uh, uh, when I left the airport. So I never I, I was an illegal immigrant as most of the time what is going on over the world. But it wasn't easy to learn a new language. New language, the age of thirty, it's uh, well, it's quite hard. In Hebrew, it's different letters, and you read from the right to the left, and you don't have vowels. Well, it's such a, it's really hard. It's really, really, really hard. Uh, being lighter for now so helped me a lot because we tried a lot to to learn several and uh, to improve my my Hebrew as Lyra was practicing her Portuguese. So actually, like every time I'm talking to Ilan, I'm trying to put like an emphasis that I'm speaking Portuguese. And I feel that because of Ilan, my Portuguese is really, really better now. And it's so fun because it comes to me naturally. Um, but I also, I was like, ask, like Ilan was always asking me how to say something. I think for the most part, Israelis are very patient with immigrants because most of the Israeli society, uh, either like they're a second generation of immigrants or third generation of immigrants. Uh, but most of us are Jewish people that uh, came to Israel at some point in our lives. A lot of us come from different places in the world. Uh, but still, there is also a lot of people that are not as patient with non-Hebrew speaking people in Israel. Um, so for me, it was really important to be patient with Ilan and help him out. It's also uh, quite funny because uh, it's a cultural shock. Uh, in Brazil, it's such an open mind country. And Israel also, if you're in Tel Aviv, I'm not the same, but much closer than Jerusalem, where it's live as lighter. So living in Jerusalem as a Brazilian from Rio de Janeiro, who left the, his homeland a few weeks before the carnival. <laughs> yeah. Um, Israel is a small country. Uh, but living in Jerusalem and living in Tel Aviv is a very different experience. Uh, Jerusalem is more of a sacred city. There's a lot of religious people. Uh, there's a lot of traditions. I think that when you live in Jerusalem, you respect the people around you because there's so many other communities and religions. So you're more aware of uh, your surrounding and you're more respectful of how you dress and how you speak and how you act. It's more reserved. And when you're in Tel Aviv, it's so much more free and, you know, it's, it's um, the culture shock, especially when it comes to relationship uh, and friendships. The, there is a culture shock, especially in dating. I think that uh, Israeli women um, have a very different mindset or a very different way to behave going on dates. Uh, there's things that are allowed and not allowed. You know, there's the norm and not the norm. 
And it's very different from Jerusalem and Tel Aviv. But I think that for Ilan, coming into Israel and having more of a traditional culture and a traditional way of life, especially in dating, was a culture shock. Yeah. Now, it's funny because my girlfriend now, it's Russian. I have a different kind of culture shock dating a, a Russian. Uh, she's also Israeli. She immigrated almost the same period of time as me, but not to, to Jerusalem. But yeah, it was quite... weird and my friend in Brazil they keep asking me oh Ilan can you share with me that weird story with this rally and it's here just a regular story but <laughs> in Brazil most of the situation that happened with me with us rally it was quite let me say maybe weird and not part of the Brazilian culture Uh, at least in Rio, again, when you are from Rio, maybe the culture is different than if you are from Sao Paulo or the countryside. It was quite hard for me because when you knew the country at the age of 30, uh, let's say age of 30, uh, and you are single, part of the, the world is not only to meet new people, but also to start a relationship with uh, uh, a girlfriend or, uh, or maybe a wife. Uh, husband and this was quite funny because dating Israeli uh, here the people they get engaged much earlier in Brazil so always <laughs> at least in Jerusalem uh, to be engaged it was always a part of the conversation our first date even before the kiss uh, the first kiss and something that never happened in Brazil and it was quite usual in Jerusalem when I move it from Jerusalem to Tel Aviv or nearby Tel Aviv so everything starts to change a little bit but still it's another country, it's another culture and uh, so as Lara told most of the people here are immigrants if not the immigrants, they are here for two, three generations or uh, and they return it to Israel after so several years at the at diaspora so they return it with this background Uh, from different parts of the world. So it's a kind of a big pan full of different spices. And sometimes the taste is, it's weird, but in the end it's, uh, uh, it's tasty. You know, it's a nice meal. Uh, but yeah, this is part of uh, being an uh, immigrant, uh, being now the Hadash, as you say, uh, uh, here in Israel. lot of terms that for us uh, we understand each other when we talk about it can you tell me a little bit what is Zionism for you that made you want to come to Israel uh, talk about Zionism nowadays is quite hard with everything going on between Israel and Palestine we finished the uh, we had the, uh, the end of this conflict uh, not the end but the break maybe it's the <laughs> right uh, word uh, a few days ago so uh, I never thought myself as a Zionist as Theodor Herzl or Rav Cook or different other important people for this movement. 
but I always had a kind of connection with Israel. Yeah, whenever you are abroad, being Israeli or not, and you are Jewish, even if you are not Zionist, the people think that you are Zionist. Even if you are not Israeli, the people think that you, you, you are responsible for what is going on here. Uh, you can see nowadays in the news, they are attacking synagogues. Uh, so when you are Jewish living abroad, even if you're Israeli or not, the people think that you are Zionist and the people think that you, you are part of the, Israel. And I immigrated at the age of 29. So until the age of 29, I wasn't responsible for but what is going on here in Israel. I, myself, I never had any big issue with anti-Semitism, but several times uh, people ask me what I'm doing against the Palestinian people. First of all, until the age of 20, I never saw a Palestinian before, until my first trip to Israel. So what I would, was able to do against them, I because uh, only for being Jew, a Jew person, uh, I was responsible for this, but this is not true. So the people, some most of the time, they do not realize that Israeli is something, uh, being Jewish is something else. And you can be Israeli or you can be Jew and you don't need to be Zionist. Myself, my, my opinion, I am Zionist and I do think that Israel, it's the land of the Jewish people. I think that we are indigenous from here as well, the Palestinians. Uh, and I can be Zionist and live in two states. Uh, this is what I do. It's quite hard for the people who, doesn't, who don't understand the situation to, to realize that uh, there is a, a, such a big difference between being a Jew, being an Israeli, and being a Zionist. Uh, you, I live near a city known as Bnei Brak, and there are a lot of Jewish people there, Israelis, and they do not believe that this the Israel should exist. So for them, in Bnei Brak, they believe that Israel should exist only when Mashiach, Mashiach came. Uh, as you can see, it's not black and white, and it's much more complicated. And also, when you're talking about Zionists, you have different kind of Zionists. Uh, Theodor Herzl, for instance, that we say that's the father of the modern Zionists, when he started to think about a country for the Jewish people, we almost we almost created a country in Africa, where is Uganda nowadays. So, uh, as you can see, uh, being the Jewish country being in Israel, sometimes it wasn't something that important for the Zionists. They just wanted a place for the Jews due to the anti-Semitism. Because if you uh, realize, and if you st start to study about Herzl's life, you see that he started to care about the, uh, the being Jew in Europe after the after Dreyfus in France. Well, this is another story, but uh, being... So I was Zionist. I, until nowadays, I keep changing my mind about several subjects and what do I think about the Israel as a country and Palestine and the relationship both, between both of them. And I think it's this opinion flows with, with all the, the the experience that I am living here in this land. So, but I, I do think that I, I was Zionist. I used it to go to to several uh, day uh, summer camp, like I think it's a summer camp, right? Uh, Zionist summer camp, and I. 
I studied in a Jewish day school. I used it to to uh, it's not to sing. I'm not sure the in English how to say the anthem of the country every morning in Israel. I used it to know the national anthem uh, every morning in a one of the school that I studied. So uh, I do have this connection with Israel since my early age, but. Uh, I started to think about being a Zionist or not after, and then I. Uh, this is one of the reasons why I choose Israel. And for me, Zionism is that, first of all, me as a Jewish person, um, when we moved to Israel when I was five, nobody asked me about it, but I think that for me it was the best decision that my mom made for me was to move to Israel, but for her it was always her dream to move to Israel as a Jewish person and to have a life in Israel. Uh, as a Jewish person, because Zionism to me is the the right of Jewish people to their homeland. And I think that the return of the Jewish people to their uh, homeland, I think uh, a lot of the Jewish things that we do, a lot of the Jewish practices that we have in our culture. So Jerusalem and Israel has always been a place for the Jewish people. And it's um, the Zionist movement in a way was the national idea of Judaism, um, because Jewish people have always been connected to what is today is Israel and the, and the land of Israel, the land of Judea and Samaria, which was there before the Roman Empire. I think Zionism for every person was a little bit different. And I never really understood how much of a Zionist I am until I lived abroad. When we talk about Zionism, um, we need to understand that for the Jewish people, Jerusalem and Israel has always been a part of our culture and of our religion. I'm sorry, but also before Herzl's uh, ideas, I started the first Aliyah. Uh, Jews from Yemen started to immigrate. It was, was part of the Ottoman Empire. So the Jews from Yemen, they started to immigrate from Yemen to, to Israel. So before, during this, after the beginning of the Spanish Inquisition, a lot of Jews from Spain uh, immigrated to, to Israel when a lot of land was bought here in the, in the beginning of the, 15th, the 16th century. So, uh, yeah, Jews are immigrating to Israel uh, even before Herzl. And they do know that this is the homeland even before even the word, the word Zionism uh, have been created. So it's not only Herzl's idea, but maybe he was the uh, promoted this idea worldwide and also i didn't know that i didn't know that uh, your family uh has been through the holocaust since my my family is jewish but actually my great great grandparents they they originally also came from uh, europe but they came uh, from europe to brazil before the holocaust so a lot of a lot of Israelis and growing up in Israel, they talk a lot about um, the anti-Semitism uh, Jewish people have been living through in Europe uh, before uh, the Holocaust itself. There were programs. There were a lot of Jewish persecution, like people were persecuting Jewish people for them. And I think that um, the idea of Zionism came from a place that as a solution for anti-Semitism. I think that Theodore Herzl, um, when he was thinking about uh, Zionism, it was like kind of a let's build a nation for Jewish people so they can be protected and have their own uh, country and their own 
place to live and to be safe. Um, and then after that, we, we had like the first world and then we had the second world war when we actually had the Holocaust. It's Jews have been persecuted all along history, not only during the Holocaust, but even before that. And as you mentioned, we had Jewish people also from African countries and Middle Eastern countries that were persecuted. And they, uh, they were fighting and running for their lives from Arab countries uh, during the whole history, really. Um, and when we talk about Zionism and we talk about Israel today, um, it doesn't mean that only Jewish people should live in Israel. In fact, Israel today is a democrat democratic country, and we have a lot of uh, different populations inside of Israel. The main idea of the establishment of Israel was to be a nation for Jewish people with the majority of Jewish people. So I think about 70% today um, is about Jewish people, and then the rest is something like 17 percent Arab, uh, Arab Muslims or Arab Christians. And then we have 3% that is like a mixture of other different cultures. So Israel is actually a very complicated society. Uh, we have Jewish people from all over the world um, that came to Israel of, because they, of the historical connections and the religious connection to the land of Israel today, but also because of persecution along history. But we also understand that we are not alone here and this land does not only belong to us Jewish people, but also there's other people that this land is uh, for. And I think that a lot of people, especially in, in the last um, events of this conflict that blew up over social media, took the uh, Zionism movement and the idea of Zionism to a whole other level and completely presented it in a way that was very not like very misinformed. And I think that first of all, Zionism means something different for every person. Uh, but also when we talk about the history of the Jewish people in Israel, not only that Jewish communities was, were always in Israel before the establishment of Israel, Jewish people and Jewish communities were here all along history and we have historical uh, evidence for that. It doesn't mean that we should be here on account of Palestinians or that you know, they don't have the right to be here as much as we have. And I think that today as Israelis, as Jewish people, um, as Zionists, uh, with all the conflict, the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, especially in the last days, that it really kind of like blew up. Um, it made us a lot, a lot of us uh, question, um, not our existence, but question the reality we live in today. I think that the conflict has been there for many of us for a very long time. And I know that I have my own experiences in this conflict. I also served the military um, because it's, uh, it's mandatory for Israelis to serve. So I served the army when I was 18 for two years of my life. And we can talk about that later, but I want to hear from you, Ilan. You came here and I don't know if you knew about the conflict as much or or anything, but like, I think now for the first time, you and your family actually experienced the conflict. And I would like to hear from you how it was since I was not in Israel right now. And I haven't been in Israel in the last year and a half. So, so yes, uh, I came from a country, uh, a city. It's not a civil war, what is going on there, but it's a dangerous city. 
you know, you have a lot of, let's say, mafia in, in Rio. So it's not a safe place to walk around. So I have been dealing with this kind of uh, unsafety place since my young childhood. So uh, to to experience this situation here, rockets and massive, I don't know the, the right name, the Kassam, uh, rockets, yes, rockets falling in our head. It's different than bullets that's going in Brazil. So it's a little bit afraid to listen to the siren. You know, you know, the night, you know that there are uh, a barrage, barrage coming in our direction. So it's weird, but I wasn't that afraid because a uh, few of them exploded near my place. I went there to check how it was. And I realized that, okay, you can't kill someone, can, but it's not like a, a bomb. It's not like a, 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 a something that's going to destroy an entire building. Uh, but it's something dangerous and they are shooting against the civilians. And this is the worst part. Anyway, so uh, it was quite weird to have this kind of experience. And I was anxious, you know, at night it was quite hard for me to sleep because I'm leaving the last floor. So uh, it, it's not that safe as uh, if I wasn't the, in the middle of the building. So uh, I was always afraid to not wake up in the middle of the night with a siren and something can happen with me. But, but I, I wasn't that afraid of the rocket because I knew that at the bunker or in the safe room I uh, would be fine. And this was also something really nice because I saw online and also several friends call me and I saw a lot of people opening their own house to host uh, Israelis from those sites closer to uh, Gaza uh, uh, Strip because uh, they knew that it's such a... a complicated because closer to Gaza you have Syrian all day long so they cannot sleep properly they cannot study, they cannot have a, a, a regular life I'm not I, I don't want to get into if uh, about the conflict as a conflict who is right who is wrong but uh, the people who are not part of it they are not part of the army just like children or elderly people on the both sides Israelis and Palestinians they suffer much more than the rest because they cannot have a uh, uh, a uh, regular and a normal life, and not only uh, Hamas, but also uh, the Israeli army. They're putting them into this conflict, uh, and they didn't ask for. Uh, but anyway, uh, for my parents, it was quite harder. For my mother, as uh, uh, was her first time dealing with this as me, but it was harder for her because she wasn't that close to me and to my sister, who's also living here now. She arrived a few months ago. So for her, it was harder. Uh, and my father, no, my father took this as uh, most of the Israelis. <laughs> he didn't care that much. I knew a little bit about the conflict because as I told you before, several times the people asked me what I was doing with the Palestinian people and I didn't know what I was doing. I felt so guilty for doing something that I didn't know. And then I started to study and to understand the situation here. It's not something easy uh, after several books and several articles that I read I still know uh, a drop into the ocean because uh, so so delicate because we're dealing about people life and almost three generations are living in this such a stressful life and they, they don't know what's going on to what's going to happen tomorrow 
but I, I did know maybe more than a, a regular Brazilian, a regular Brazilian Jew, maybe. Uh, and then when I started this tour guide course, uh, it's a kind of a mandatory uh, subject because when you are guiding here, this is one of the first, the second, <laughs> the first question that you're going to uh, uh, listen about it. They're going to ask you because the people think that uh, rockets are falling our head all day long. And this is not true because we have th those breaks. And most of the time, cities like Tel Aviv, uh, Jerusalem, and also Haifa and the north, Eilat, the south, they are not uh, the target of the Hamas with a terrorist group. So they are not the target. They are shooting uh, low-range rockets in cities like Ashkelon, Derot, and so on. And most of the time, they are not part of the, of the tour. So I started to study and... Uh, I have here with me, uh, talk to you later, you won't be able to see, but I have uh, kind of a small library and most of the books are, are about this conflict because I, I do like to, to understand and some of them are, are, are the Palestinian side of view because it's something that I started to have contact only after I arrived here. Uh, before it's really only the Israeli side and now I try to understand both sides because it's a it's a narrative war. It's quite hard to say who is right, who is wrong. Both of the sides can be right in their own way to see the conflicts. And, and this is why it's so hard to, to reach a common, point, a common point because there is no right or wrong. And yeah, but I, hopefully, I hope we're going to be able to reach a, a peace agreement because I like to say to my Brazilian friends, you see uh, the Basque terrorist group, uh, the ETA era in uh, in the uh, United Kingdom, uh, what did they uh, reach with uh, being a terrorist group, a separatist terrorist group, nothing, only death and the hands that with blood. So I do think that Hamas soon will be in the same uh, stage as uh, Ira and ETA in Europe and most of the terrorist group worldwide and no one will remember them and the Palestinian people will be able to to find a better life in a democratic uh, government not only in Gaza but also in, at the West Bank so I do think that the Palestinians they're going to be able to have a better life when they reach a democratic, democratic uh, society with a proper government and we're going to be able to be good neighbors, just like uh, United States and Canada, uh, Brazil and Argentina, and so on. I think this is the only way to, to deal with this. When we have uh, the diplomatic uh, efforts are stronger than the warfare. And this is, the, for me, my opinion, the best way to deal with this. Two years after we moved to Israel, this, this started the Second Intifada, uh, which for Palestinians is something completely different than the experience that I had. But the Second Intifada was very violent. We had terror attacks. We had suicide bombers. Uh, people were dying in the streets. Civilians were dying in the streets. And uh, my grandparents were horrified. They were saying, like, "How? why are you living there? It's so violent. What is going on? But coming from Rio and from Sao Paulo as well, 
we have a, a different kind of violence and it's uh, the, the, the mostly criminal violence, uh, but most, most of it is shooting in the street and things like that. But it's also very violent and not very safe. But um, it's like you said, like there's some periods of time, like when the second intifada um, stopped, I remember uh, my my mom and I playing in my house, and then uh, there was like a, like a suspicious bag or something, and they just told everybody to like clear the area, and it was down our uh, down our window. So I just remember my mom just putting me on the floor and protecting my head because she was scared that this would be a bomb, and for most of the times it was a bomb, but we were lucky that it was not a bomb. Uh, I also know that many times my mom either missed the bus or took a different bus and that bus that she missed uh, actually blew up and everybody on the bus died. So growing up into uh, the second intifada was very traumatic. And when I, when I did the army, I was like proud as an Israeli to do the army. It's, it's very, first of all, it's mandatory. So nobody really asks you, but also uh, growing in Israel and, and hearing about the persecution of Jewish people and the Holocaust and the persecution of Jewish people all over the world. And then uh, growing into the, the second intifada, I was proud to serve in the Israel Defense Forces. Nowadays, I can say that I understand more of the conflict because um, I actually did a lot of programs with um Talking about Israel, I did like a program where I flew to the States and I talked about being Israeli and my army experience. But after that, I came back and I was like, okay, I can talk about Israel as much as I want, but this is my experience and it's very one-sided. And I don't really know much about the Israeli-Palestinian conflict except what I studied at school and except my own experiences. So actually, uh, I took a one-year program Last year, uh, before I moved to New York, I took a one-year program that involved having seven Israelis and seven Palestinians. And in this program that was uh, a part of the, the Netherlands, uh, it was funded by the Netherlands government, talk about the conflict and actually meet Palestinians. And for me, it was a very open, um, it just opened my eyes to a lot of things. And I, for the first time, learned about the conflict from a different perspective. Uh, and for me, it was just uh, a very just transformative experience because for the first time, I actually got to listen to somebody else and their experience. And I can tell you that living in Israel and growing up in Israel, I still don't 100% understand the conflict. So for me, it was really hard to see everything in social media in the last couple of days because if I cannot fully understand the conflict, how come another person that never heard about this conflict before was never here uh, thinks that they know better than I do? So I think that as Israeli, um, I'm still trying to wrap my head around this conflict and the government and Palestinians and their government. And I think that in the end of the day, from my experience, what I took from it is that most of Israelis and most of Palestinians just want to live their life peacefully. So I think that for Israelis, it's been a, a hard time because we had a fourth election. In the last two years, we had four times elections, and this is insane. We need to have peace, and to have a military solution for Gaza is not the solution we should have. Uh, I think that 
the situation in, in Gaza should be done with a diplomatic way and not with a militaristic way. And I think that as long as we have Hamas controlling Gaza, we cannot have a diplomatic way because Hamas is calling for the destruction of Israel. And I think that we, we cannot have any peace talks with an organization that is talking and calling for the destruction of Israel. Hi guys, so it's been about 45 minutes since Elan and I started our conversation. We were mainly focused on sharing Elan's story as a new immigrant to Israel, share a little bit about things that we know and understand from our world as Jewish, Israeli, as Zionist immigrants. Even though our stories are quite different from one another, we share a lot of experience together and we share living in a country that is quite complicated, but is also something that is very close to our heart. With that being said, we realize and understand that not everybody wants to hear about the conflict, and social media has been blowing up all over uh, talking about this. If you would like to hear more about us having a conversation where we talk about the reality of living in Israel and being an Israeli, I welcome you to join us to the second part of this podcast. If not, Thank you so much for listening to this episode.